to another episode of the Hoffcast. It is Monday, October 26th. Monday? <laughs> Originally it was Wednesday, then it was Fridays, now it's Mondays. Hey man, it's a day. It's a day and we're doing it. We're still alive, we're still running strong. Um, guys, lots, lots has happened. Lots has happened? That's not correct English. Lots have happened? No, lots of things have happened. Uh, so I guess I got to put something else in there to make anything make sense. <laughs> um, lots of things have happened. Um, and, dude, right after I complained about it last week, sports all of a sudden turned very interesting. And maybe it's just because my Huskers came back. Uh, go Big Red. We got stomped by Ohio State. That stunk, but it was good just to have it back. That's <laughs> that's how much I missed football I was happy just to have my team come back and get curb stomped in by the Buckeyes um and anybody that follows Big Red now I know this is gonna mess a lot of people some of you aren't uh college football fans not you know not everybody even knows who the Huskers are got some listeners from Canada and the UK and a couple of people going strong out there in Australia hello from down under it's good to have you um the Huskers, a college football team in the middle of the country that used to be great, and we will be great again. Uh, we just had the prodigal son return. Our old, uh, our old quarterback who won our last national championship has come back to coach the team. Now, this is old news in America. He's been there for this is his third year now, but I think he's turning it around because we actually looked somewhat competitive. The score didn't show it. But I think anybody that saw that game saw a different Husker team that they've been seeing the past couple of years. And we had this is what really bugs me now. Um, I felt like we played all right. There were things, obviously, we needed to do better. Uh, but that targeting, and everybody's talking about it, right? The targeting, which is a penalty where a defensive guy hits an offensive player up high around the helmet and oftentimes leads with his helmet. So, um, that's you know, it's against the rules, and it should be against the rules. It's protecting players from getting hurt. But, you know, like any rule, people that take it too far, now it becomes a bad thing. So we had two players get thrown out of the game, just tossed, just you're, you're out of the game, can no longer play in this game. By the way, a shortened season, only eight games. So now you lose one of your eight and a half of the next game uh, because you're dude targeting. And the, the odd thing about this rule is they go back and they review it every time. They watch, you know, from the booth and they watch from the field. Okay, let's slow it down. Let's watch it in, in real time. It looks bad. Now we watch it in slow motion. And in both of these cases, I was like, what, you still went and threw this guy out? especially in the one where the guy hit shoulder to shoulder. I mean, that hopefully the the league comes and overturns that, and they're able to say, no, don't throw him out next game like he's fine. Uh, but, geez, Louise, you think with uh, you think with slow motion instant replay, I mean, I can see it from my couch at home. <laughs> I can see it, and I'm, listen, I'm honest. When when the call goes against me and I look, I go, ah, it's that. It is. It's it, it's no no touchdown or yeah, it's targeting or whatever. I'm honest with it. You know, some fans get blinded and they can't see that. No way, dude. That was no. There's no way that was a touchdown. But you know, I'm I'm the guy that's like pessimistic also when it comes to it. I'm like, ah, 
yeah, it is. Look at him. He's going to call that back, you know? Um, anyway, we had two players get thrown out on our defense, which we were already struggling. Like, it, <laughs> so we were going to lose the game anyway, most likely, but those types of things uh, just, you know, hurt the uh, team morale and all that. But it, I'm so excited just to have football back. Um, so I'm glad. I'm glad I've got something to root for. It still, yes, it bothers me that I hinge a portion of my happiness on something that college kids are doing. I came to this realization several years ago where I got real mad and I, I had a bad day. You know, Huskers lost and I let it ruin my day. And and I was upset the entire time. And then finally I was like, what am I upset about? Something that I have no control over. I'm not at the game. Like, if I were at the game, at least I could say, listen, I could cheer. I could make our section be louder. And that has a minor, albeit it's minor, but it has a minor impact on the game. There's something. But sitting here yelling at my TV and then just being a grump the rest of the day, there's no real reason for that. So I have found a way to kind of compartmentalize it and just kind of like watch it, be upset or be happy. And then move on. Like I found a way to say, okay, that's kind of ridiculous that I'm hinging a, a you know a decent size of my happiness pie on something that 18 to 22 year olds are doing thousands of miles away. When you put it like that, you know you, you kind of like okay, let me let me put this whole thing into perspective. But it's still fun to watch. And it wasn't just it wasn't just college football that uh, was great this week. We had some great games in the NFL. And baseball. And listen, I don't really watch a lot of Major League Baseball, but it's the World Series right now, so I'm interested. I'm interested. You know, I, I'm aware of the season. At any given moment during the middle of a Major League Baseball season, I could kind of tell you who, which teams are doing well, but I, I don't know what any of the players, any of that. But when the playoffs start coming, I, I pay attention, okay? I'm interested to see what the score is. Maybe watch an inning or two. And uh, the Dodgers are playing the Tampa Bay Rays. And um, the Dodgers were about to go up 3-1. They had the lead, bottom of the ninth, two outs. And all of a sudden, the Rays get two runners aboard. And this guy hits a bloop single into right center field. And it was kind of like uh, the, the, the outfielder was coming in, and he was running in. And then all of a sudden, uh, the ball bounced, and he went down to scoop it up. And he came up empty-handed. Boom. His like glove just it kind of snow-coned out the bottom of his glove which, you know, then that costs you three seconds, which is an extra base for everybody. So now the winning run, the tying run scored on that bloop, and then the winning run was coming around. So the other guy had to go grab it, throw it home. It was intercepted by the, uh, by the pitcher, and he threw it to home plate, and the catcher caught it and whipped around to make the tag. Plenty of time, by the way. Plenty of time to make that tag. The dude was in the middle. He was going to be out dead to rights. And when the catcher swung around, the ball like swung out of his glove and it just went off to the side. And then the guy just went home and just pounded on the plate. I loved how he like dove in and then just, I mean, he didn't have to dive. He could have stepped on it and, you know, put his hands in the air, but he dove and he just slapped the plate with his hand, which, you know, you, you love to see these guys get, get really into it and get emphatic about it. It's, it's exciting. In a game of baseball that takes way too long, the season's way too long, there was an exciting moment in baseball. And <coughs> not Corona, spit in my mouth. I was looking at my coffee and my mouth started watering. And, and then I was talking too fast and I uh, inhaled the spit. Um, it, it was an exciting moment. Anyway, it was, it was fun to, 
fun to watch that. And it tied the series two to two. And now the Dodgers have since won uh, another game. So now they're up three to two. But, uh, you know, kind of gave you something to watch and something to get excited about. And then last night, Sunday night football. Holy smokes. Did you guys see the Seahawks Cardinal game? Man, oh man, alive. I do not care about either of those teams. But when it was 27-24 in the fourth, I was like, okay, I'll watch the fourth quarter. And my, my oldest son, you know, he's like, is there any football on, Dad? And I was like, okay, yeah. Sarah's putting the two youngsters to sleep. And I was like, yeah, let's let's watch the fourth quarter of this. And then uh, it ends up uh, the, the, um, the Cardinals go to kick the game-winning field goal uh, at the end of the fourth quarter. And the dude, he, dude. He, he makes it the first time, but like so many times, you know, between the other team calling a timeout to ice the kicker, and all of a sudden he's got to kick it again. This time it was his own team. They were going to hike it late, so his coach called timeout, and then they called the timeout, hiked it, and he kicked it. Boom, perfect, right down the middle. And then he, But he had to kick it again because they'd called a timeout. So now he kicks it again, psh, wide left. We're going to overtime, and overtime comes down to a uh, – Oh, it was wild. It just kept going back and forth. You think, okay, Cardinals are going to win. Nope, Seahawks are going to win. Nope, Cardinals are going to win. And it was insane. It came down and that kicker got to redeem himself, and he got to kick the game-winning field goal as time was expiring in overtime. And it was just like, oh, man. what The emotional highs and lows of that football game, which football has more of that than baseball, in my opinion. But then again, I like football more. Um Something that happened that I didn't really talk about was the Lakers won their uh, the championship in a shortened season, and I've got a little connection there. Not I live in Los Angeles, but you know that's hardly it. I don't feel like the Lakers are my team, but I that was the only game I saw in person this year, which I rarely go to uh, a basketball game. I think I've been to four or five in my life. And, um, but I, you know, buddy of mine got tickets this year. He goes, you want to go see the Lakers game? I went with him and we saw the Lakers. We saw the eventual champions. And now that LeBron got his fourth championship with three different teams, uh, you know, the talk comes up, who's better Jordan or LeBron. And I think anybody, anybody over the age of 30, I think says, um, come on. Everybody knows that it's Michael Jordan. Everybody and their dog knows. You know, the youngsters that never got to see Jordan play, like, in real time, they, they might say LeBron. And LeBron is a great player. And he, you know, from a physical standpoint, he probably is a better basketball player. But from a basketball player standpoint, Jordan reigns supreme. I mean, he went 6-0 and in the NBA Finals. Never lost in NBA Finals. Like, got there six times, won six times. LeBron has won four times, lost five times, six times. I can't remember how many he's lost. He's lost more than he's won. And yeah, he's been there many more times, so you think that takes something, and it does. But he just doesn't have that winning mentality. So when we're talking about who's a better basketball player, I, I, I'm going to go with the winner, right? I'm not going to go with the best basketball player. I'm going to go with the guy that gets it done. I mean, I think that's a lot of people would say that. You know, Tim Tebow was not the greatest quarterback, but he, he he was a winner. He was a winner down in Florida, and he couldn't quite translate that 
uh, into the NFL, although I thought he deserved more of a shot because he, he got some games done when he was in Denver. But I'm kind of like, I don't know, winning, it's this intangible, like this will to win. And, and people talk about it all the time. And I see it when I watch LeBron and I saw it when I watched Jordan. You know, the clock's winding down. Jordan's going to drive to the hoop. Jordan's going to get open and make that shot. LeBron will drive and then make the pass. You know, he, he does, somebody described it as LeBron will do the right basketball play, but Jordan was doing the thing to win. So, you know, it, and it kind of translates as who, who, who wants the ball toward the end? You know, who, who wants the ball in their hands? And I feel like LeBron doesn't necessarily want the ball in his hands because he's such a big, intimidating figure that's so fast. Like, he could drive to the hoop, and nine times out of ten, he's either going to get a good look or he's going to get fouled. But for some reason, he still, like, dishes. To, and I know, your man is open. I know, you're getting double-teamed, your man is open. But, like, at some point you say, I want... I want to control the outcome of this. I'm not going to do the right basketball thing. I'm going to do what's best for our team because I believe in me more than I believe in that. And that's I think that's that intangible of a winner. And I just don't think LeBron will ever get there unless he somehow changes his attitude and how he plays. And he's not getting any younger. So I don't think it's ever going to happen. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Tell me uh, if you disagree with my analysis there, you know, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but uh, I just don't think he's ever going to get there. Uh, but, that the yeah, so sports have been huge these last few weeks. And, um, and I'm kind of going through withdrawals because now I haven't had a show again <laughs> in a week. I had four more shows since our last podcast and uh, Friday night shows at the Omaha Funny Bone. By the way, if you live in Omaha, go support that club. You know, they're trying to get back open. I know they just got relinquished back down to 50% capacity, but um, oh, my battery's going to die. I got I to gotta change this. Hold on one second. All right, we're back. Sorry about that. My batteries on my uh, recording uh, device was dying. Um, yeah, uh, so what I was saying was get out there, support. Support your local comedy club wherever you are. You know, chances are they got shut down for quite a bit, and a lot of them are trying to open back up, but it's it's tough when you can have full houses. It's tough for those businesses when you can have them at full capacity. So make sure you check in on your local entertainment va venue and, and see if they need uh, <laughs> if they need assistance. <laughs> I'm laughing because one of my kids' toys just made a noise in here, <laughs> and I don't know which one it was. That That's the thing about having battery-operated children's toys that... Um, that kind of like make a noise or make a sound or like a little T-Rex that will roar is eventually they're going to malfunction and <laughs> they're going to roar like at 3 a.m. and you just kind of wake up. And you're like, what was that? What, uh, did you hear that? What was it? Because your brain didn't quite realize, oh, it's because he left it under my bed and, and there it is and the legs cocked weird and whenever you pull the leg, he roars and, and now he's just going off at 3 in the morning and that's what just happened here in my office slash playroom. Uh, one of the toys just roared. But yes, go out and uh, support your local comedy club. I'm hoping to get back out there and, um, and do them all up next year. So I'm going to do them all. And if your comedy club won't have me, 
if if you know a lot of comics are getting pushed so a lot of people that were booked this year are automatically getting dates next year a lot of big name comics that were often doing theaters and arenas are now pushed down into the clubs because you can't gather in those sizes so now they're bumping people out um there's a there's just a log jam so if i can't get into the club uh where you are let me know of an independent venue and i'll go do a show there i'm gonna do a whole bunch of just one-nighters across America in 2021. That's the plan. As long as we get a vaccine that we can all just, just bottoms up on and drink the whole thing, then uh, then the plan is just to crush 2021 with a wave of laughter, new jokes, all that good stuff. So let me know if there are any independent venues. I know somebody hit me up this week saying, hey, when are you coming back to Rhode Island? And I need to get back there. It's been uh, four years now, five years since I've been there. I want to get, I want to do Rhode Island again. I want to do that whole uh, Upper East Coast. You know, the the um, they call it the Pacific Northwest in the West, like Oregon and Washington. I want to get back up there. But then in the East, there, uh, uh, in the New England area, I want to do that whole thing. And I gotta check one of those. No, never mind. I've checked all those off. Off on the big board. The only states that I haven't done now are Hawaii and Alaska. I've never even been to Alaska. That's the only state I've never been to. Uh, but I didn't tell jokes when I was in Hawaii. Although I did do a, uh, I, I was the best man in a wedding there, and I, I told a, uh, I told a joke during my best man speech. I feel like that counts, maybe a little bit, just something like in a pinch. I, I have gotten a laugh uh, via public speaking in Hawaii and now I haven't done comedy there so I'm not going to check that off it, it needs to be a thing uh, but Alaska too I, I did shows in Denver a couple years ago where a bunch of people were visiting from uh, Alaska and they said and they were telling me all about this club up there um, that I need to go do so I got I got to check on that cuz yeah maybe summer would be a good time to get up to Alaska boy that'd be something um, and and I got a lot of People up in Canada, I got to get back around up in Canada because I I do um, I do Calgary every year, but there's lots of spots up there that I need to get back to. Um, so let me know, uh, hit me up, uh, you know, go to my website nickhoff.com. I've got all the links to everything on. Uh, I think my emails up there, maybe uh, maybe I took that down, but uh, yeah, there are plenty of ways to contact me through uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. So you can hit me up there. And let me know where I should come, and I'll get in contact with these independent venues, or I'll have my manager do it. Either way, and we'll work something out because I'm I'm gonna do a whole bunch of one night shows um, coming up next year. Don't think twice. Take his advice. This is half recommends. I watched Borat two. Have you guys seen that? you watch the new thing streaming on Amazon Prime? It had been, I don't know how long since the first one. I feel like the first one came out maybe 2006, so maybe 14 years later, something like that. And Borat 2 comes out and would have been in theaters, but because of this whole dang thing, uh, goes straight to Amazon Prime. I wonder if they're just losing their ass on that. I wonder if uh, when, when they have to pump it out there, like the streaming services, I feel like the... The uh, movie people are just kind of hedging their bets and just saying, oh, we yeah. cost us, you know, Borat probably cost, let's say cost $20 million to make. That, that's my guess. That, that movie seems low budget enough. It only had like three actors. feels low budget enough that they probably could do it for $20 million and then sell it. I mean, I don't know how you make your money back if you're Amazon Prime, even if you're only paying $15 million for it, which I bet is low. 
I bet they paid more than that. Um, actually, let me. I bet I could look that at how. Let's see. How much did Amazon pay for Borat Two? Boom! Automatically comes out Borat sequel. Uh, they're not gonna put it up here. Forbes seems like uh, did I, oh, I gotta read through all this stuff before I, I hate, don't you hate that when you just want one answer and and then you gotta read the whole thing and click through a bunch of uh, let's see on a budget of eighteen million the original oh that was the original Borat the original Borat was made for eighteen million and grossed two hundred sixty two million worldwide. Um, see, see how much money they're missing out on $262 million in movie tickets that they're l- missing out on by not having it in there. So, so how much is it really not going to have what I'm looking for here the whole time? Why would it come up with this? Uh, 2006. I nailed that dude. I'm, I'm on fire was set for release late October. Amazon prime right before the November. Okay. Yeah. They obviously wanted to cash in on the, the election money, but, um, dang, it doesn't say how much, um, doesn't say how much Amazon bought it for. That's stupid. Big number experts say, come on, come on, Forbes. I want, Okay, here we go. Borat 2 acquired by Amazon. Uh, certainly this has the number. Amazon, don't you put it out there. <laughs> Maybe they're like, you know what? We don't want to tell you what we paid for any of this stuff. So you're not going to get it. No, I guess it's not public information. I thought these types of deals were... Hmm, this has gone nowhere. If I find if I find the answer, I will put it in next week's podcast. But certainly, I mean, even if let's say, let's say Amazon paid, you know, let's say Amazon paid fifty million, Borat still missed out on two hundred and twelve million dollars if they just equaled what they had the time before with the original Borat. And now this one, you feel like would even have more because all the fans of the original Borat going to go see this one. So you, you like tie in that audience. Plus you bring in the whole election fiasco that this one's going to like bring interest from, and it's going to be even bigger. You think so they're missing out on $200 million in box office receipts. And let's say, let's say they got it for a fraction of the price. Let's say Amazon bought it for 10 million is is it really worth ten million dollars in bringing people over? Is it is Borat going to bring more than ten million in people over or satisfy more than ten? Maybe, maybe I don't know what people who have those streaming services like when you have Netflix. Like, at what point are you satisfied by the amount of content being released? I have no idea what that number is. Certainly, they've got people on top of it, so they felt like it was a good deal, but I I just can't imagine it being worth it. Anyway, wife and I saw it. I won't give any spoilers. It's still, you know, fresh enough. It's been out less than a week, so uh, I won't give any spoilers, but, um, you know, I think it's worth watching. I think it's it was entertaining enough. You know, it was like, a, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it was like a, you know, because a lot of the shock value had already been gone, but it had some great lines in it. It was kind of funny, and you know, give it a B minus. Give give it a B minus. And if if you got Amazon Prime already, you might as well stream it. Um, you know, add to their algorithm or whatever, so they go, oh look, it's worth it. People are watching. You know, because uh, uh, you you gotta have movies like this being made, and and 
you got to take everything with a grain of salt too. Like, you know, it's like watching magic on TV. You can't you can't be completely amazed because you know they cut away from the action. Where'd they put the plane when they cut away? You know, <laughs> you know what what happened that I didn't see. What are they not showing me? What are they not telling me? And that you got to take a little bit of this because it feels like gotcha journalism. It feels like, uh, you know, oh, everything's real and everything's happening for real. But how much of it was set up? How much of this is, you know, there are obviously cameras around. So how much is that impacting uh, the way people are reacting? You know, some of these guys were obviously paid to be actors in it or at least guided in the right direction, you know, putting people in certain positions. I won't go into details. Don't want to ruin it for you. But, uh, you know, check that out. If if you enjoyed the first one, you'll probably enjoy this one. Uh, I think it's worth watching, but it's a B minus. It's not the greatest thing ever, right? And, and you kind of question, you know, okay, what in this is real and what in this has been fabricated for entertainment purposes. Now, having said that... <laughs> Um, I, I do want to recommend it. it is Hoff recommends right here, uh, and I've got three things to recommend for you. Um, first would be watch Borat too. It's for you know it's worth your time if you like that kind of stuff. Uh, but these two things, okay, let me put a caveat on this. Uh, one of them I think will reach a certain group, uh, and that's on Apple Plus. Both these other things are on Apple Plus, so a lot of people don't know about Apple Plus yet. Um. It's a streaming service, a lot like Netflix, a lot like Amazon Prime, um, that you can you can pay for on a monthly basis, or you can you get it for free. That's how I got it. You get it for free if you've bought a new iPhone in the last year, if you've bought a, a laptop from Apple in the last year, any of that stuff. They just throw a free year at you, you know, get you hooked, um, which they're doing a good job for me. It, it doesn't have the the breadth of like a Netflix or something. It doesn't have a ton of programming on it right now, but the stuff on it is pretty good. And uh, we found, my wife and I both loved Mythic Quest, which is from the guy from Always Sunny, uh, Rob McElhoney. It's really funny about a guy who develops this, you know, online video game. Um, and it's all about the people that create the video game in their world. And then uh, that that's really worth watching, especially if you're a fan of that kind of genre um, of kind of fantastical stuff it's a comedy but if you're a fan of that genre check it out and they actually did something cool because they they had only nine episodes during the regular season and then when quarantine hit like they premiered in february i believe and then quarantine hit and uh, their final episode of episode nine like the video game had a virus in it that killed a bunch of the players like not real players but you know the online video game players like a virus was set loose within the video game and then that premiered in february and then in march this virus that came out and quarantined everybody and they go oh hell we gotta we, we have to address this and they did a really cool thing they shot the entire episode uh distanced so nobody was ever together and the whole thing was via Skype, but it didn't feel cheesy. It didn't feel cheap like uh, things tend to when they're done that way. But it felt really well done. Definitely, I, I highly recommend watching Mythic Quest, especially if you're into Always Sunny or if you like certain things like that. The other thing that I highly recommend is also on Amazon Plus. It's Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, 
is an American football coach who goes over to the UK to play, uh, to not not to play to coach soccer uh, for a major team over there. Definitely worth watching. It's pretty darn funny, and it's got some sentimental moments. That that's the thing about these; they 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 handle the sentiment really well. It, it doesn't feel cheesy. It doesn't feel forced. And it adds to the entertainment value. Like so many times when a comedy brings out, um, you know, some like sappiness, that's exactly what it comes off as, as sappy and just kind of contrived. And you're kind of like, I don't want that. I just want the laughs. And that's why I loved shows like Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm that had no heart at all. Just laughs. Just boom. Pounce per ounce. Give me the comedy. This is what I'm here for. Um but it, it really handles the, the softer spots really well, you know, kind of like what The Office used to do. It, it doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel put on. It, it, it's nice. And so uh, both those, highly recommend there. Um, I'm going uh, to close this thing out here, um, but I want to talk about one last thing. I've been adamant about the fact that you know i think you know voting is a, a an important thing uh, for people that want to do that and i don't shame anybody for not voting there's a lot of anti-vote shaming going on around there i want you i want to urge you not to do that like encourage people hey you should vote if you want to if you if you care about this kind of thing like you should vote but if somebody says i'm not going to vote don't jump down their throats okay just say oh that's fine that's a, that's also a way to go. That's a way to, you know, voice your opinion in opposition of the status quo. So I don't think it's a big deal if you don't want to vote. I have to vote this year because I promised somebody that I would. Uh, and they did me a favor. He's like, you got to vote. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll vote. Um, and I, I still, I'll probably write myself in. At this point, I don't trust any of these people. <laughs> so I just, you know, I, I, rather than add to the problem, I'll probably just, uh, I'll just put on old Nick Hoff. They're on the line, and I don't know how many people need to write you in before you show up in the actual statistics, you know, in the annals of history, how many people have to write in Nick Hoff to get it to show up, like, and Nick, like, okay, this guy got this many votes, he won, this guy got this many votes, he lost, there was this person who ran for the independent, they got 5% of the vote, and this person, and Mickey Mouse, you know, got uh, five 5,000 votes, and then I, I don't know how many people need to actually write you in to get you to just eh, I just want to show up as like a little footnote on Wikipedia like and Nick Huff got uh, 200,000 votes like is that too much to ask 200,000 I just want to be a blip right there in the annals of history the annals annals whatever it is I just want to show up in the ass <laughs> I just want to show up in history's ass that's it. Annals, annals. I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> I think I'm using that word right. The annals. A-N-A-L-S. A... I think... I, that's, it. that's it. It doesn't matter. A-N-N-A-L-S. Annals of history. I just want to be there just so that... There it is. Look, enough people believed that Nick Hoff... And you, by the way, you probably have to put Nicholas Hoff. That's my legal name. I don't, <laughs> they'll get me on a technicality. Even if I won you know, the popular vote, even if I got 147 million votes for Nick Hoff, they'd be like, but there is no Nick Hoff. There's a Nicholas McCain Hoff, and there he is. But uh, yeah, it's a little late for me, 
But sh- uh, show up and vote if that's something you want to do. And if you don't know who to vote for, put Nicholas Hoff in there. Let's get this train rolling and maybe I'll actually campaign in uh, 2024. And, we'll, and we'll, make some, we'll make some waves out there. It'll be a blue and red wave be combined. I think that makes purple. That's what we'll be. We'll be a purple wave of sensibility and uh, and well thought out and well meaning policies. And then I'll be able to tell jokes in Alaska at that point. Then <laughs> certainly I'll, on the campaign trail for my reelection in 2028, I will hit Alaska to get their electorate. And I'll tell some jokes. I'll show up at the comedy club then, sell it out because everybody will know. Nick Hoff, he's funny, and he's the best president we've ever had. Booyah! Oh, I like how this is shaping up. Anyway, I do think it's important to vote for your local props, uh, things that impact local government. You know, do your research, sit down, and, and, and figure some of that out. Ask friends. If you don't know, we had a prop party where everybody studied one and then presented it to the rest of the group. We did that over Zoom. So, you know, you didn't have to spend hours and hours and hours researching them all. You had somebody you trust and respect kind of regurgitate without influencing the vote. They could regurgitate what they found out about it because a lot of those things are sneaky and, and oddly worded. That is the end of this podcast, and I, I'll have another one out before uh, election. Maybe I'll do like a election night podcast as the results are coming in and my reaction to it. But I wanted to get this bad boy back out there. Hope everybody is doing well. Let me know about those venues. Uh, if you want me to come to your town to do comedy, I'm I'm really chomping at the bit. 2021, as long as everything you know continues at this pace and we get a vaccine and everything's good, uh, 2021 is going to be a big year for comedy. So hit me up about those. Uh, in the meantime, share this podcast with a friend. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Uh, go to nickhoff.com, pick up some merch if you want that kind of thing. It's not too early to pick up some Christmas gifts. I love you all. I'll talk to you again soon. Doom, doom.